0: Tracy, first question, please. Do you consider yourself to be successful?
1: Yeah, I think with success, it it all depends what you define as successful. And I think for me, I absolutely love what I do. And I don't think it's always about money. A lot of people, when they talk about success, think it's about money. But that's not always the case, because I know a lot of people who are in business, they may have only just set up their business but they absolutely love what they do and they're surrounded with good people. And that's one thing that I do is I've got a lot of good people around me having built a network after 14, 15 years that because I wake up every morning, I don't class what I do as a job. It's a lifestyle. So that is what I think I define success as. It's not always about money in the bank. It's about who are surrounded by you. Who do you love? What do you love? Do you love working in your job? And that is what I love doing. So for me, my lifestyle is what I love to do.
0: Was it always like that? If we go back uh, a number of years uh, when you were 20, so five years ago. (laughs) I wish. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Did you know that networking and being around people is what your life will be about? Funnily enough, no, it was really bizarre because when I was growing up,
1: I grew up in the pub trade. My father was a publican. So he used to run British pubs and um, I used to wake up in the morning and on the weekends I would go and work behind the bar. I would do all the bottling up first because my dad always made sure that, you know, I had to work. You know, he had a really good work ethic, my father. So Mm -hmm. he gave me that and inspired me to to go out and work and, and build a living for myself and started off very young working for him and uh, and i'll never forget he used to say to me you know i'm i'm going to take keep off you and i'd say why are you taking money off me you know <laughs> when i was younger but then obviously you realize you've got to know the value of money um so yeah that was uh, I, I didn't know at the time but it was only when uh, i went to my first networking event that i actually fell in love with it and i thought oh gosh i'd love to do this for myself and it was the first event i ever went to
0: Why, why did you fall in love with it and what was it that made you tick? Well, I'm a
1: people person anyway, and being surrounded by lots of people in the pub growing up, I was always used to being in that industry, you know, having people come into the pub every day. So it was like walking into my living room every single day from my bedroom upstairs, coming downstairs. And it was a pub full of people. And because I was an only child, my mum had a bad back when I was younger. And she couldn't have any more children. The osteopath told her she had a slip disc and she couldn't have any more children. They advised her having any more kids. And my father wanted more. But unfortunately, because of her back, she couldn't do it. So when I was younger, because I was a people person anyway, always being surrounded by lots of friends, my dad used to pick my mum up from her shift when she was in work. And he was doing different shifts to her and he would look after me. And um, he'd, he'd pick her up and there'd be a car full of children. Because I always wanted friends around because I was an only child because I was a people person. And then that extended growing up in the pub trade. And then before I went into setting up intrabiz with my company, I used to have girly nights in my house when I was obviously married to my husband. He used to go away on business once a month. He'd go away for his, his monthly meetings with work. So every time you go away I would say, right I'm having a girly night in the house and I used to cook a big pot of curry <laughs> and there was about 8 or 10 friends sat round the dining table and we used to have an absolute scream we'd laugh all night we'd dance in my living room you know I'd put MTV on and or, or put the music on so it was all I was always a natural connector and a natural hostess wanting to do events and 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 you know doing things in my house because I grew up in in the pub industry so I think from the age of 12 being in the pub it gave me, that sort of like instilled it into me that that's what I really enjoy doing was being around lots of people.
0: You mentioned that you fell in love in your first networking event. So I presume you went to one, Uh, but there is definitely a big gap between attending a networking event and starting a networking business so that is an entrepreneurial leap and side to it so how did that happen so you went from liking it loving it to actually becoming a business networker
1: well what actually happened was i was i'll, I'll share a story with you and i'll confess i was absolutely useless at networking when i first started no. yeah i was i was rubbish because I'd come from a sales background. I used to work in the newspaper industry. So I used to sell advertising space. And my last job before I set up Intrabiz was working for a publishing house in Bridgend in, in Mid Glamorgan, in South Wales. And my boss at the time said to me, to go out and get new clients and new business, I want you to go out networking. And I said, networking? What's all that about? And he said, well, you go to these events, you swap your business cards and you do business. And I went, oh, okay, yeah, I can do that, not a problem thinking of the pub life that I had, you know, just chatting to people. However, because I was a salesperson and I was very driven to hit my targets and I was very competitive and I was actually quite good at sales, (laughs) I went to the networking events and I would say, Hi, I'm Tracy from Enterprise Magazine. I sell advertising space. Do you think you'd be interested? (laughs) And guess what? Surprise, surprise. I didn't get any business. And after three months with no business, I went to a couple of people who I became good friends with and I went, oh, my God, this networking lark is rubbish. I said, I'm, I said, I'm not getting any business. I said, "Or oh, am I doing something wrong? Because I do think that when you're doing something, number one, you need honest feedback, obviously, to to ways of improving um you know and it's a, it's part of your self-development and if something's not working you need to know why you know so I said to a few people oh am I doing something wrong and they said yes can we be honest and I went oh god here we go and they said you've given it the hard sell networking isn't about that and I said well what's it about they said
0: well you
1: come into the room you're trying to sell to people straight away and people want to get to know you like you and trust you it's the it's the good old saying isn't it no like and trust factor mm-hmm. And that's how networking works. And I said, yeah, but I've got to hit my targets. I was very target driven. You know, I had targets to achieve. And, and in advertising or in sales, you're only as good as last month's sales. And because I wasn't getting any business, I was like, oh, my God, but I need to hit my targets. If I'm going to be going to these events, time is money, etc., etc. And they said, well, maybe networking isn't the right strategy for you. And I said, oh, well, I, but I do enjoy it because I obviously love meeting people, being in the pub trade, you know, growing up. So I thought, well, so they said, well, no, just come into the room, just start to ask lots of questions about other people, because when you're in business and you're trying to sell a product, you're solving a problem or serving a need. So you're not in business for yourself, as in, you know, it's not about you. It's about serving your client and focusing on your client or potential client to see how you can help them. So I started mm-hmm. to change my tack and then I just started to help other people and I was asking them lots of questions about them, showing an interest in them. And then when I was asking about them, they were saying, oh, we do X, Y, Z, or this is my typical client. I'd say, ooh, actually, I need to introduce you to this person. So I became a natural connector. And I actually enjoyed being a natural connector because when I was seeing people being introduced, I was like, oh, my God, this is brilliant. (laughs) And then I thought, actually, I should do this for a living. (laughs) I thought, well, I'm doing it for free, Um, which is great, you know, and and that's good, doing stuff for free. I like that. But... You know, at the end of the day, I just I and then I fell in love with networking because going from month three, getting no business, to then learning how to do it the right way. Month twelve, guess how much business I sold through networking. Ten thousand. Ninety-five thousand pounds worth of business in eight months, eight or nine months
0: through networking. Yeah,
1: and I thought to myself wow, this is powerful, powerful stuff when you know how to do it the right way. And now I teach other people to do it the right way because I'm so passionate about it. Over the years, I've connected so many people together. I've seen the magic happen with so many people, joint ventures, referral partnerships, or people just doing business with each other or one of them buying off the other person. Through my introduction, that really melts my heart. I love it. And I thought... Oh, it's just incredible. So my legacy in my life is to teach as many people as possible. And and me, I want to inspire as many people as possible to learn how to network effectively for their exponential growth in their business or in their life.
0: You mentioned no like and trust. So you don't sell in your face. So I I get that you need uh, to know, like, and trust people, and then, um, and then sale probably would follow. Uh, But question: How do you do that in a networking space, where sometimes you just have a couple of minutes, and um, lots of people are dreading this? And I'll come, I'll come to that as well. Uh, Work the room, and you uh, typical, stereotypical exchanging the cards. So you you get a flash of moment, maybe a couple of minutes so how how is it possible to build that rapport in a short networking where it's almost like dating speed dating setup how can it work
1: well first of all yes you're not going to resonate with everybody that you meet at a networking event and yes you're not going to do business with every single person at the networking event but you know when i you know when people hear they say like attracts like A lot of people who are attracted to some people and others not. And the people that you gel with, that you you actually see a synergy between, you then follow up with them. So, you know, it's it's a case of showing up on a regular basis and don't do the butterfly effect because some companies, what they'll do is they'll say, right, I'm joining the network and I'm going to send six or seven people alternately to the events over a period of a two month period, for instance, as an example. And I always say, don't do that it's not really a good strategy to do that because I call that the butterfly effect because they're flitting in and flitting out. Mm-hmm. And business networking is about building relationships. So it's being consistent. It's being right. reliable. Right. It's showing up. It's being mm-hmm. visible. You know, And I know we were talking about Grant Cardone earlier on. Obviously, I've met Grant and Elena. And Grant always says, if people don't know about you, they're not going to buy from you. And that is so, so true. So you have to show up. The other thing which I talk about all the time, which obviously um, I talk about at the networking events, to inspire people, the fortune is in the follow-up. You have to follow up with people because you've taken time out of your working day to come to the event. What is the point in coming and traveling there and getting up early in the morning to come to an event or, or an evening or even a lunch? It's three or four hours out of your working day or out of some of perhaps your evening time or your early morning time. So... There's no point in coming to those events unless you've got a strategy. And that strategy has to be that you follow up with these people because a lot of people make the mistake of not following up with people and they just get a load of business cards mm-hmm. and they're either dumped or they're left in their pocket or in their handbag or their coat jacket pocket um, or on the desk and they do nothing with it. And if you do nothing with it, no magic will happen. But if you follow up, it's a process is you make sure you follow up with those people. And if say, for instance, we met at a networking event. And you, I said to you, right, who's your typical client? And you said, oh, well, I deal with solicitors and financial advisors. I'd love to have more introductions to that. Well, a way of me building my rapport with you is you might be carrying on talking to me for 10, 15 minutes. And I'll say to you, Marina, didn't you say that you wanted to, to, um, to connect with financial advisors and solicitors? And you'll say, yes. Mm-hmm. Number one, I've said your name. So I'm building the rapport by saying your name because we all like to be called by our name rather than no acknowledgement of our name. So that's that's a lovely tip. And number two, it shows that you've listened and that you care. Because when you pay attention to somebody and we're talking, and I always look somebody in the eye when we're talking, I like to hone in on them. Like there could be 100 people in the room. But if I'm in the middle of talking to someone, I don't want to look over to another part of the room because A, you lack concentration... And you might forget things, especially me now at 56 years of age. My my memory is not as good as it used to be. And I'm genuine about that. I used to have a memory like an elephant. Not anymore. I have to do reminders to myself. But you might lose attention, lose focus on what they're talking about. Whereas if you look at them in the eye, you literally really, really listen to them, what it is that they want. Because then if I said to you 10 minutes after the conversation, Marina, you were interested in financial advisors and solicitors, I've just thought of a few people I can introduce you to. If you become a natural connector, Mm -hmm. they will appreciate that. And I would rather give to somebody first than receive something. Because when you give, A, it's a nice feeling anyway, because I I like to give gifts and I like to give help to people. But that's when they start to build up trust. And then when you show up, if you say to them, oh, Marina, I'm going to give you a call tomorrow and we'll get a date in the diary to meet up. Well, if I don't call you tomorrow and I don't make a date in the diary with you to follow up, are you one to go into do business with me? Not really, because Not really, No, because that's when the trust starts to pitter away, because you've said you're going to do something and you don't. So you have to show up, you have to be consistent and there has to be a follow up strategy. And if you can't get hold of that person, I've got a little tool called the fortune in the follow up book and you will never miss an opportunity again in your life or your business if you use my little fortune in the follow-up book but obviously people use different strategies and they've got crm systems and they've got google drive spreadsheets and things so you have to do what's right for you but i'm more of an old-fashioned person in the sense of a physical diary and and obviously a physical little follow-up planner and i've created my little planner and I give a free copy to all the members that join, so uh, <laughs> which is good. And I like to inspire people to and empower them to to follow up with people because that's when the magic does start to happen. You know,
0: there is uh, there is a book, and thank you for sharing already so much. Um, can you just give a couple of tips on how to follow up? So, so I've collected. I came back home. Uh, I have all of those cards with me, and um, and then what? You you just message every single one of them or you call them. Uh, what is the what is the right way?
1: Um, I literally, if I've gone to a networking event, let say I come away with 10 business cards, I will put them all on the desk. Mm-hmm. I'll have a look. And the ones who you know are the real hot leads that somebody says to you, yes, I'd definitely be interested in meeting up with you so because I'd love to do some business with you. And are you know they're a hot lead. Yeah, I really need to speak to you because I think we can work together. You can either grade it as an A Right. Or you can color code it as a red, which is a hot lead, you know, Mm -hmm. red for hot. But I always do ABC. So A are my hot leads. So you do those first. okay? and this is this is a good tip if you were exhibiting at an expo and you come away with, say, 50, 60, 100 business cards. The ones that you speak to that you know are really hot, because if you put them all 100 business cards in a pile and you didn't code them or grade them, you're not going to remember all those people you've spoken to who are the hot leads. So if I know someone's really hot, I'll put an A on the card. Okay. So when I go back to my office, the A's I will follow up with first because they're the hottest leads. They're the the quick wins that you could potentially get business from. Mm-hmm. Then if it's somebody that's keen to speak to you, say, in a couple of weeks' time or let's stay in touch, um, they're a B. Okay. And, you know, they might want to meet you in a month's time or they're going on holiday and you need to speak to them. But always diarise them for whenever they say. And I always make a little note on the business card as well. If somebody says, oh, I'm off to Hong Kong next week on holiday... I'll actually make a note of it on the card saying off on on to Hong Kong because then when I ring them say did you have a great time in Hong Kong? It's a connection point. So yeah. you're building and they think that you've remembered them and it's not being crafty it's just being savvy because it's a way of conversing with them it's a way of co- opening the conversation so and, and I do that in my diary if I'm just making a telephone call and they say oh, "Well, going away in two weeks I'm off to Italy I'll always say been on holiday to Italy got to ring back now or whatever I've discussed with them I'll obviously make a note of what we've discussed, because when I go back to them, we know what we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I obviously do A's, B's, and then somebody that just wants to be added to your database um, or, you know, added on Facebook or LinkedIn, um, you can class them as a C. So A, B's and C's, if you grade those cards, you will know the priority of the ones to, to connect with first, especially if you've got a lot of them.
0: And do you follow up straight away? Yes, or within
1: 24 hours. Within 24 hours. I usually say within 24, 48 hours max. And the only reason I say 48 hours, obviously a Friday, if everybody, you know, if somebody goes to a networking event on a Friday afternoon, Friday evening, some people don't work weekends and they want to switch off, but then obviously make sure you do it on the Monday. But I usually follow up either that day when I come back or if it's a late evening networking event and I'm too tired, I'll obviously do it the next day. And obviously you ask them to add, you know, can they be added to your database?
0: Including the C's. So you go... and and then are there any rules or etiquette? Do you follow up after the follow-up or you just leave it after the first no, one? No,
1: absolutely, because, you know, like obviously you don't want to make a pest of yourself, but they, I mean, they say at the moment it used to be the rule of seven times they'd have to see your brand before they'd even think about buying from you. <laughs> I think it's about 33 times now, so it's a lot more. And there's some people that they you can't get hold of them because they are just busy And if they're just busy, well, you know, if they're interested in you and they're really keen to speak to you, keep persisting with them because persistence will pay off. But then if you know something's dead in the water, that it's not going to happen. You know, many times I've just about nearly given up after ringing someone 20 times and then they'll say on the 21st call, oh, yeah, come on, let's do some business now. You know, let's meet up and then business is, is happening. So I think it just I think if you constantly ring someone and they don't get back to you, you know, after a while, like after sort of like twenty times I'd give up. But some people might say they would do less. Yeah, I think it just all depends on you and your personality, what you're comfortable with, you know?
0: Um I mentioned um myself, etiquette. Are there any Uh, red flags or definitely don't do these things. What should you be avoiding not to get into trouble? So what is against networking etiquette? What you shouldn't do?
1: Yeah. Number one is obviously don't go looking around the room if you're in the middle of talking to somebody because they're the type of people that are just looking as I call for their next bit of fresh meat. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And When I say that to people, they laugh, but I, I use that in my course as an example. But it's about um is making sure that you listen for people who don't listen to you who are a bit ignorant or who are looking around the room um, that's not good if you force your business card on somebody um that's also not good and if you interrupt somebody again, if somebody's talking because we all want we all want somebody to give us attention and their time, and when you can show somebody that you're giving them their your their attention and their t- your time. They will respect you. They will start to build trust with you. They will appreciate you mm-hmm. because they're sho- you're showing them that you care, which is what I said earlier. You know, you have to give people their time and attention because that's what all every, anybody ever wants. You
0: know. Thank you. Um, how how do you go about choosing a networking event uh, to attend? Um, of course, if it's not an intervis event, which which is a must must go to and they're Thank you. fantastic Um if you, there are now so many of them you google networking events or workshops or fairs and there are just hundreds lists of them and it can be quite overwhelming particularly for people who uh, for whom it's not natural so how would you uh, know uh, often you don't know but how you choose this one is definitely a must or this probably it's a miss
1: well, first of all, you've got to decide, you know, your target audience, you know who your target audience is, where do they hang out? So there, for instance, there is no point, say for instance, I'm, uh, my target audience is old age pensioners, I'm not going to hang out on Instagram, which I know is a, is obviously a, um, a social media platform, this is, but they're using this as an example, I'm going to hang out where my target audience is. So for instance, if I'm a property investor, which I am, but mm-hmm. <laughs> a small one at the moment, but... If I'm a property investor and I want to connect with more property investors or property people, I would then look at going to property events, you know, so industry sector. Um, I might be that, um, you know, and I I embrace all networking. Listen, I'm a networking company, but I'm all about collaborating and working together with other networks, you know. Um, So, for instance, if I wanted to go and talk to the high corporate managing directors of companies, of big corporate companies, I would go to the IOD. You know, Mm -hmm. um, I would also, you know, there's the chamber, the chamber events as well. They're good, you know, chamber of commerce. So there's a whole host of networks out there. And I, as I say, I don't say, oh, just come to intrabiz because I think the more networking you do, it's better anyway, Mm -hmm. because you're broadening your horizons. You're not just sticking with one network. I think it's good to do a few and good to go to a whole range of them. So I'm not very protective of people just coming to us. Yes, of course, I want to take on more members, but I think the more... Opportunities. the more networking events you go to, you're going to meet more people, which is going to be beneficial for the, for my client. So I embrace it, go to more, because there's only so many that we do, but there's other different types. And, you know, it, it's always good. It's nice to have a variety of things. You know, we're, we're not boring robots. We like to do different things. I go to networking events, but mm-hmm. I choose where I go to. If I want to deal with high-end entrepreneurs turning over 5 million, there'll be certain things I would perhaps go to a mastermind where everybody is invested a lot of money to be a part of a mastermind, mm-hmm. if that makes sense, because they're my target audience and I am part of a mastermind. So, you know, I choose to, to, to you know, to go to certain places and I think, oh, I'll go to that because there'll be a lot of um, decision makers at that mm-hmm. event. It might mm-hmm. be that you're, you want to reach a whole host of marketing directors. So you would potentially go to a marketing conference uh, because a lot of people who are going to mm-hmm. be there are the marketing managers and marketing directors because they want to learn for their business. So it's just finding out where, you know, you know who your target audience is and where do they hang out.
0: Thank you. What about online networking events? How can you make them work for you? Um, Because uh, you can't work the room, you can't give a physical card. uh, So how can you, how does it even work? Well, funnily enough, uh, you know, during COVID, we, you know, we did everything face to
1: face pre-COVID. And then during COVID, we had to pivot like everybody else and take everything online. But I always say to people, a lot of people have this barrier about online. And it's great because it's actually the next best thing. Zoom is the next best thing to face to face. And a lot of people think, oh, you can't work the room. You can't show your personality so much. Well, obviously, the in-person events are the best. Mm -hmm. You know, like it, it, it is. They're amazing. And that's when you can really connect with people. But still, Zoom, I mean, during COVID, we had a lot of business that was being done over zoom because it was the next best thing and you you've always got to have a plan b in place and obviously pre-covid i think that's probably what covid has taught us a lot of people didn't do online i never did online Mm pre-covid now i do more online events than i do offline because you can reach more people and you can save a lot of time by being online because you don't have to travel somewhere you don't have to pay out for for teas coffees breakfasts and lunches and evening meals you can just go on the zoom call come off then jump off an hour hour and a half later but it's only a screen in between you. And I think it's just changing the mindset that, okay, it's not as good as face-to-face, but it's, it's a great second alternative and that lots of business can still be done because you're still showing people your personality. You just can't physically touch them in, in the real world.
0: Have you seen uh, some examples of successful deals being done that, oh, you, that you could share?
1: Yes, 100%. For instance, um, Daryl from Creation um he's now become the intrabiz franchisee for um for bristol he ha- he's had loads of work he's had over 100,000 pounds worth of web developments Fantastic. through intrabiz over the last year year and a half so he knew the power of that in fact so much so that he ended up buying a franchise of intrabiz you know <laughs> so you know for him it's been phenomenal um you know so now amazing
0: and online as well Yet yeah, this was online. Oh, that was, that this was, was online. during COVID.
1: That was yeah, And online. lots of people have done lots of business online simply because there was no other way of doing it at the time. So still loads of businesses getting done for sure.
0: Do you think everyone should network? If you are not in an obvi- obvious space where you don't have a clients, you are not a business owner, you don't have anything to sell, maybe you're on a corporate job, you're not even involved externally do you think you uh, networking is still for those people or not 100 percent because why why what is it in it for them number one friendships
1: because i don't think we you know we don't none of us have enough friends i know there's you know we can all say we've got lots of friends which is fine but we could always want more there's nothing wrong with having more friends having good people around you good people mind not not obviously horrible people but what I've learned over the years with networking, it's an amazing business support. You learn a lot of new things. So, you know, things that are coming out it could be something on social media. It could be a new law that's coming out. Mm-hmm. So when you go to networking events, someone might speak up and say, "Oh, did you know that X Y Z is happening now in in the in the world of law?" For instance. And you're like, oh, my God. And then someone will maybe do a talk and tell you the top 10 tips on social media and how to increase your audience by doing X, Y, Z. Um, it might be that you need help or support in, um, in your business for mm-hmm. whatever reason. You might ne- not necessarily want the business. It might, it might be even in your life, in your personal life. It could be something to do with law, you know, the legal side of things in your personal life. My, by meeting good people, you know, because at the end of the day, we all buy people. You know, yes, we buy brands, but we buy people mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And if you've got good people around you, you could have a problem with your mental health. All of a sudden, you've got three or four people in your network that you know you can go to, that they'll support you and help you because they're your friends. So networking is not just for business. It's, it's. I have actually members that some people say they're not coming for the business. They come in for the social they're coming to build friendships,
0: thank, thank human you. connection. Thank you for this insight. I'm, well, that's definitely not the first thing where that comes to mind because you think of a business benefit. Uh, but yes, you, you learn, you can grow and 100%. friendships. Yeah. Yeah. Thank, thank you. I've learned so
1: much over the years just from being surrounded by amazing people. And you do, you know, the, the entrepreneurial world is amazing because a lot of successful entrepreneurs they want to give back they're very charitable people um you know it's it, and it's good having i always say have good people around there's a lot of negative people out there, but that's not normally in the entrepreneurial world because mm-hmm. they're super positive and they want to learn and grow and self develop and I love being around those people because they're of of, of like mindedness you know they're like me
0: so now we've established the importance and why you should be going Uh, now i want to touch upon um how uh, what to do what do people need to do if it's not natural for them you were blessed with the natural skill um and uh, your natural superpower of being around people connecting people you were doing networking events when you were uh, you were a kid or when growing up what if people dread talking to other people and they feel most ha- comfortable being at their home in front of their com- computer screen not on zoom so how can they overcome please give some tips of course
1: and um, so typical introvert somebody that dreads it is an introvert you know and that doesn't mean that they're not a good communicator it means that they don't like having the limelight on them they would rather talk in a small group rather than a bigger group mm-hmm. and they don't want to potentially speak in public um, and, or they might feel a little bit shy and that's fine that's okay but I always say change your mindset to this there's the most amazing entrepreneurs out there who are introverted or who are fairly shy and one to, to say is Sir Richard Branson because obviously I, I've met him I've had the privilege um, of meeting him and he's an introvert but he puts you would, himself you would out nev- there you would never. I know <laughs> you would never but guess. you wouldn't guess but he puts himself out there for the sake of his brands. So, but if you change this mindset, if you come from a place of serving and think to yourself, don't think of it as, oh my God, I'm dreading walking into a room here now. If you focus on other people and think in your head, you are there for a reason. You are a superstar at what you do. You know what you know. And think of it as your duty to pass on that knowledge to other people. And when you flip it from, Oh my God, I'm dreading walking into a room to, actually, I'm okay at this. I'm good at this. I know my stuff. It's my duty to share this. I've got a lot of knowledge to give. It's my duty to share this with the world and with other people. And when you come from a place of serving others and thinking about your duty to help them, it'll take away the the dread, if you like. That's probably the number one tip I would like to give today
0: wow this is this is so powerful uh, it's not about you it's about others yes it, when you go in it's it's not about you on how it makes you feel it's about you sir you're serving absolutely this is uh, this is beautiful thank you <laughs>
1: that's okay
0: <laughs> thank you um throughout the course of uh, your your business career you've, you've held uh, hundreds and hundreds of events and you've had um very Powerful, uh, famous people. Um, how do you get? How do you get to those? Uh, how do you in, invite them? How? When did? When did? When you just started? Well,
1: I didn't have um, really powerful or celebrity people really until 2013. I started doing the business exhibitions in 2012, and it's working through the connections. They always say you're only six degrees separation from. The, the person that you want to get to. I think it's slightly less in South Wales because it's quite a small world. However, um, to give you an example, uh, we had Hilary DeVay, God rest her soul. She's passed now um, CBE. She was on Dragon's Den. Um, we got her, we managed to secure her in 2013. People saying, gosh, how did you get her? Well, we had a, a serial entrepreneur, um, a Welsh entrepreneur, Kevin Green, mm-hmm. a good friend of ours. And um, he knew Hilary, and he was our first, one of our first speakers at our expo because I'd met him at an event. And because he was Welsh, uh, I was Welsh and I approached him and said, will you come and speak for us? We're doing a business exhibition. It'd be really good for your profile. He was doing a lot of stuff in London at the time. And um, he said, yes, I'll come and speak. And after the first year in 2012, it was a great event. You know, a couple of hundred people in the room. Nice buzz, nice atmosphere. You know, it created that sort of really nice energy. And we said, right, next year, we'd love to pull somebody from dragon's den you know to really make a statement Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but also it was it was not not for us it was really for the exhibitors because by pulling somebody in like a celebrity or somebody high profile from the television it was all about creating that buzz to pull lots of people there that could get in front of our exhibitors to make it more a bigger footfall because again it's always about our clients so we did that and then once you've got one and it was through Kevin. He said, I know all the all the dragons. Who would you like? And he said, Oh, Hillary's a great character. We'd love to get her. And he spoke to her and he managed to get her for us for free. He said, I've got friends who were, you know, trying to make a difference in the in the Welsh business community, intrabiz, you know, and he obviously mm-hmm. showed her who we were. And um the rest is history. And after getting her, we then got other people because it's a bit like the Pipe Pipe, but mm-hmm. you get one, and then they all all follow. And then we had Google approach us. Because we were obviously doing some really good work with some of these celebrities, and and obviously I took on Sharon Lecter as my mentor, so we got her naturally mm-hmm. because I was one of her mentees. And I said, "Will you come over and speak?" I had to obviously pay for a flight, um, but you know it was it was great. And and then obviously in that the the ultimate one was uh, was Lord Sugar in twenty eighteen, and Grant Cardone from from the U S. And, and Elena so that was a, a, an amazing uh, show we had you know over 5000 people through the door it was uh, it was an incredible day um but it was great for all our, our exhibitors you know
0: those celebrity and high profile people they have um they have their image definitely those who are active on on social media are they uh, similar or different in real life or are they in line with what other see them on tv in in books they're social media. they're same yeah
1: yeah they are the same yeah and I think to be honest with you um I think anybody that knows me I'm exactly the same in my business as I am in my personal life like they you know they'd say or oh, have a different persona but I'm not and I think people know me for who I am and I don't put on airs and graces I am who I am I love working with celebrities, but I love working with my clients and my SMEs and just amazing, fabulous entrepreneurs in South Wales and all around the country, and obviously all over the world now because of the online, you know? And I think it's just being around entrepreneurial people I love. But I'm no different mm-hmm. in my business. I, I, I've i got a professional head, if you like, in the sense of you know you have to be a little bit more serious when you're putting on events and you've got to be, um, you know, organised and there's processes in place. And in my personal life... I'm obviously a little bit more relaxed you know I like to relax and enjoy myself on you know walking on the beach and going for coffee and cake and socializing Um, but apart from that I am I'm the same personality with my friends as I am with my clients and a lot of my clients because of the way that I am have become my friends.
0: Can you share maybe some interesting facts or insight or something funny that uh, f- from those celebrity profile people, of course, you mentioned Sir Richard Branson or, Gra- uh, or Grant Cardone, Al- Alan Sugar. Uh, anything, anything that you learned about them which may be yeah. unusual or peculiar or funny that you'd like to share? Yeah, sure. Sure, I mean, listeners would love to hear. Yeah,
1: this. like I had the absolute privilege in, in December 2019 of going to Necker Island with Sir Richard Branson. Um, which was absolutely incredible, and how mm-hmm. that you know people said, how did that come about? And I said, well, I um, I'm a massive believer of the law of attraction, and I was actually speaking on stage at a conference in Dublin for good friends of mine, Pat and Donna Slattery, and they run an, uh, an events and conference in business over in in uh, in Dublin, and they're a lovely couple, and uh, and they asked me to speak at their conference, and because I'm a massive advocate of law of attraction, I actually said to everyone, I was talking about networking and giving them lots of tips. My keynote was all about networking and building relationships. And I said, I don't know when and I don't know how, but one day I'm going to go to Necker Island. I'm going Mm -hmm. to take clients for the experience as well, because again, it wasn't just about me and my goals. I wanted to be able to offer that opportunity to my clients uh, because IntraBiz Mm -hmm. stands for creating and connecting communities for global opportunities. So I wanted to take clients for the experience and I came off the stage and in the lunch break, it was like an hour before um, lunch. Uh, and then another speaker came on and then in the lunch break, a guy came over to me, Brian Chittick uh, from Belfast. And he said, I know someone that's been to Necker Island, Hannah Kathleen Hawkshaw. Can I introduce you to her? And I said, amazing. And Hannah and I have become really good friends since because I got introduced to her and I said, oh, my God, I'd love to go to Necker. And I only wanted to have a conversation with her just to find out what it was like. What did you learn from Richard? What were the mm-hmm. people like? What was Necker like? What conversations did you have? You know, all that sort of thing. And she said, oh, I'm going back again this year. Why don't you come with us? And I was like, how do I get there? <laughs> and she introduced me to James Klusky, who was Richard Branson's tennis coach. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to raise his profile because he was a business coach. So um, we asked him to speak at the expo in Newport. Um, so we en- he ended up speaking and he said, right, okay, what can I do for you? But again, I was coming from a place of, he wanted help, so I helped him. Introbiz helped him and he appreciated that. So he said, how can I help you? And I said, oh, I'd love to be introduced to the guys that do the Necker Cup uh, because obviously mm-hmm. James goes over and it's a tennis tournament. And um, and James was obviously his tennis coach. So he said, oh, I'll introduce you to the guys. Well, they didn't get that many UK clients. It was mostly Americans that went there. And obviously Sir Richard is is British. So he said, it'd be great if you could bring some high end clients over that can af- obviously afford to go uh, because it was a lot of investment to go. And we ended up going, and I couldn't quite believe it, you know. And I had the imposter syndrome, thinking, "Oh my gosh, there's all these amazing, <laughs> super successful billionaires mm-hmm. and multimillionaires, and and there was little old me from Cardiff." But it was it was an incredible experience, and the people were amazing. But the day that I met Richard, um, he didn't have any shoes on. He had just a pair of linen trousers, you know, that were sort of like three quarter linen trousers, and a and a, sh- a, a light shirt. I think it was a linen shirt actually, and uh, no nothing on his feet. Mm-hmm. And he was just a really, really nice guy. And I gave him a gift of my book, Master mm-hmm, Networking. Mm-hmm. I gave him a copy of that. But I also took him another gift. One of my um, members at the time, Chris, he actually um, drew a picture of Sir Richard sat on a um, on a chair. And it was an amazing picture, really, really nice picture. And we took I took it to him. And then we had a photo with him. And then obviously I gave that to Chris. And obviously Chris could put it out there on social media. So it was... Uh, it was great but it was funny that you know this multi super successful billionaire stood there with no shoes on yeah yeah <laughs> but what a, what a lovely human being really really nice and but I I must say that all the people around him all his friends all the people that work for him they're super really really nice people
0: I th- thought of something I'd like to, uh, to ask you um when you're just starting out or you set up a business, uh, networking, networking, networking that's obvious. Uh, when you become successful and you become a millionaire, and then when you go from millionaire being billionaire, uh, do people still net network? Uh, probably the answer is yes. But does that change? Do people do it differently? Could you give some insights when you see the that level people doing it?
1: Yeah, of course. And I think they just network at a higher level. So billionaires will want to network with other billionaires, you know, and multimillionaires will want to network with other multimillionaires because they're, you know, it's being surrounded with like minded people. Um, I'm not saying that they don't network with people who are less Mm -hmm. financially successful in that sense, you know, because I remember I define success as not just necessarily about the money, but they do their network at a higher level and they want to network at a higher level rather than with people who haven't perhaps got the money to spend with whatever it is that they sell and, and serve people with.
0: Um, You are obviously a woman. Have you seen any difference of uh, women versus men being successful or not successful at networking? Um, Or is it the same? I
1: think um, men and women are completely different at networking because a lot of men um, are quite private. They don't want to share their feelings or they don't want to, they want to, you know, like they, it's that male ego that, and I don't mean that disrespectfully against men because I'm not a man hater or anything like that. But they've got a persona, they've got, um, they want, I think men are very, very competitive. I'm not saying women are not, but I think a lot of women are a lot more open about things, you know, like a lot more women would open up about their feelings or something perhaps that's going wrong in their relationship or, or in their business. Mm -hmm. Whereas men don't tend to share that so much. And maybe it's because over the years, they've always been, you know, like a lot of men have said, no, you can't cry. You've got to be strong. You've got to be the strong one. So they don't want to come across as vulnerable. But I don't think that's a bad thing to come across as vulnerable. Because I think when you come from a place of vulnerability, people respect you more because you're being open and honest. If that makes sense
0: Are there any prejudices uh, against women if you turn up to um, to a networking event and you don't know anyone, would you need to act differently to be uh, to be noticed uh, to, to, to to your voice to be heard, or is it the same for men and women?
1: In my network it's no different for men mm-hmm. and women it's um, I think we're very open friendly communicative uh, community Um, and and the IndraBiz family. I'm really proud to say they're all lovely, lovely people. You know, I don't know what it is. We seem to attract lovely people, but I'm sure that there's networks out there that would be, you know, there there would be a a slight, um, you know, challenge with that. But, you know, I've not really experienced it that much. I know they say, oh, the boys club, you know, sometimes people have said over the years the boys club, but I've not really experienced it because I think, I've always been like a very friendly sort of person anyway so no I, I you know I think there's there are probably ones out there that do but I I've not really seen it that much
0: that's that's really really encouraging and wonderful and wonderful to hear uh, you you have a daughter a wonderful daughter who I had an order to meet just uh, just she's amazing just yeah. this, uh, just this morning um how did you bring her up to become successful Uh, did you start uh, at an early age Uh, did you instill in her some of your wisdom some certain success habits uh it it is a big responsibility and how did you do that to see her through to become a young successful wonderful i suppose
1: yeah you know i suppose you start them from a young age i mean you always say you know i always brought the kids up to one of the things that they always I always gave them the freedom to be successful at whatever it is that they did you know like carly's in the business with me now as operations director my son daniel is successful in his own right because he doesn't work in my business but he's um he's a welder on the railway line and he did his apprenticeship he got promoted um he qualified he's now got his own house living in the valleys and you know his his father's doing it up for him and he's got you know he works nights but he's earning a really good salary uh, and he's on about buying another property in the next in the Mm -hmm. next year or so. So I'm super proud of him. Um, And I always brought the kids up to to do what you wanted to do in your life. And I think I always said to Carly, I don't ever want you to feel that you're in my shadow. And she is absolutely amazing at her job. And some of the things that I'm not so good at, she's amazing. (laughs) I'm not very tech savvy. Uh, I don't like administration, although I know Carly doesn't particularly like it, but she does it very, very well. And she instills a lot of the processes and systems within the business. But she's also just as good hosting the events like you saw this morning. Um And she's very much a people person. But I think I've always taught them to be kind to others, to be respectful. Um And I think she's, you know, she's, she has said that she's learned a lot from me by working alongside me um over the last five years in the business. And it's just a case of, you know, she I'm super proud that she's very client focused, she's all about the clients and serving others, and she's just a wonderful human being. I mean, there's times where her and I will disagree on something or we will clash with something because we're mother and daughter, um, working and living together at the moment. However, I have huge respect for her, and she's amazing at what she does. And she is, uh, you know, and to say, and she's a, a success in her own right, you know, and a lot of people really like Carly, so. And um, there's probably more people that like her than they than perhaps like oh, me. Well. Who knows? But, <laughs> <laughs> but no, she's she's a super girl. Yeah, and she I'm is. super proud.
0: She's wonderful. She's wonderful. Uh, do you have any success uh, habits or rituals which uh, you think uh, contribute to your success for, to, to be, for you being successful?
1: I think, um, you know, I think every day you have to be super motivated. And I generally am a really positive person and I'm super motivated. That's not to say that I don't get my down days. Of course, I do have my moments where I'm like, oh, my God, if something's not going well, or I'm having a bad day where everything's going wrong, you feel a bit down. But then you've got to flip very, very quickly to change the mindset saying, right, this is just a bad day. Move on. Um, So, I've always been super positive. Again, as I said, only um, now and again I'll I'll get a moment where you know I'm human being at the end of the day. Um, I think it's being consistent, showing up every day, serving others. Um, you have to do that. But I'm also, um, I suppose you've you've I've built up a lot of trust in the business community. If I say something, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't, you know, I don't tell people one thing and do something else. So you've got to show up and, and build the trust. But I do um, take on mentors. And I I surround myself with people who are better than me at a lot of things. Or if I want to learn something, I'll invest in myself. I'm also in a mentorship group as well with another, you know, Mm -hmm. with some really amazing people. Um, And I've had Sharon Lecter as my business mentor. Mm -hmm. I've got Mark and Suzanne Wilcox, who are my local mentors who who are on the ground in Cardiff with me. Um, And I've learned a lot from them. But I also read a lot of books. Um, And obviously started listening to some podcasts now. So, um, But I do love a physical book Mm -hmm. (laughs) rather than um, obviously a a virtual book. I I love to read. So if you go on my bookcase, I've probably got about, my gosh, 200 books that I've read. You know, all business, Mm -hmm. all business books. But I love to read and I love to learn. And I'll send notes to myself if I need to take action on things and, and write notes down. Or if I say, oh, my God, that's a really good strategy in that book, I'll use that. I will email myself so that I will take action, and I won't open once I've opened the email. I know I've got to take action. If I'm busy, I won't open it until I need to take action. So, I uh, I surround myself with good people and learn a lot from from other people as well.
0: Fortune in the follow-up.
1: Yes, and obviously follow up with everybody all the time. Yes,
0: yeah. <laughs> yes. What drives
1: you, Tracy? Um, I think for me, it's impact. Yes, of course. I think we all want financial freedom. I'm not going to sit here and say I don't want more money. I think everybody wants financial freedom for that security that when you wake Mm -hmm. up in the morning that you've kept the wolf from the doors, so to speak, that you can pay your bills every month. Um, You know, I think a lot of people do want financial freedom and I am one of them. But for me, it's about making a difference in the world and leaving a legacy. So my legacy in my life, I know exactly what I want to achieve. And that is to impact and educate millions of people on how to network effectively for their exponential growth. And part of that is I share my story of how I got it wrong, which I love to do because when I then teach people how I then um, can turn it around for them in their business, that's going to be impact for me.
0: Can you share some goals or objectives that you have? You mentioned uh, you manifested meeting Sir Richard Branson and not just meeting him, but taking your clients over to, to them, which is completely whole new uh, ball game. Can you share some new bold, big, hairy, audacious, audacious goals? Oh yes, Oprah
1: Winfrey <laughs> is the next one. Wow! <laughs> yeah, I would love to get Oprah Winfrey, um, and I would like to get Stephen Bartlett as well from Dragonstone. I think he's. I met him actually a couple of months ago. So, yeah, they're, they're the two people I would love to get, and well, and another one, Simon Sinek. I think mm-hmm. he's amazing. Um, so yeah, there's there's a few people out there, and and those are the the three at the moment that I'd love to get
0: well now that you manifested and said it out loud i'm i'm more than confident that uh, that it will happen and i look look forward to to hearing the stories Absolutely. and the, the, and the stories about it yeah
1: and i'm super super excited about make, making an impact for people especially the youth because i'm going to be creating a training academy for the youngsters because they need it more than ever now because after coming out of covid especially if there was year 1 year 2 graduates in university They haven't had the pleasure of going out socialising because we were in lockdown and there was probably a lot of confidence knocked. But by creating uh, a platform for the youth, I want to be able to teach them how to network more effectively because what will it do for them? It will make them more communicative, make them more confident, make them more business savvy make them more employable. Because even if they don't want to set up their own business to be an entrepreneur, and if they do, great, mm-hmm. we can help teach them how to do it and build their network before they even leave school or college. But also, if they only want to just work for somebody and not set up their own business, if I, you know, if Intrabiz teaches them how to network, they're going to become more employable for the companies, which will then, in turn, once they get employed by the companies and the companies can immediately send them out, to, to network and potentially get business straight away, that's only going to have a positive impact on the economy. That is what my legacy is, and that is what I want to leave when I leave this earth, is to have impacted millions of people, to teach them the right way.
0: That's a, that is beautiful, and uh, all the best of luck and success with achieving those beautiful goals.
1: Thank you very much.
0: Um, as we will be um, heading to to wrap this up, I'd like to ask you a few uh, quick questions and maybe don't overthink, uh, uh, just quick questions, quick answers, some blitz, blitz Q&A. Okay, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's okay. You've wrote yourself a few books. If you did have a book written about you, what would you like to be a title?
1: Oh, my goodness. Um... The people lover.
0: People lover. Love it.
1: Because I I genuinely do love nice people, though. (laughs) Obviously not not, not horrible people, but yeah, I adore people. I'm meeting new people. I absolutely love
0: it. Uh, Who would you like to be friends with?
1: Who would I like to be friends with? Nice people. It doesn't have to be celebrities. It doesn't have to be famous people. And I've got a lot of really good friends. And I just want nice people around me who are going to lift me up like I lift them up.
0: Um what is your mo- what is your favorite unimportant thing to do? When it comes to
1: business? Anything, anything. I love nothing more than walking on the beach with the dogs and then afterwards going for coffee and cake and just being in the moment, not on social media, and um, creating memories with my
0: friends and family. Um if it's not related to the business, um, maybe a hobby or something that you'd like to do, what is a new challenge that you have for yourself, non-business related? Well,
1: I've recently bought a bike. So um, I've, um, I absolutely love cycle riding. So I'd like to, I've done f- four miles, nearly five miles on the bike, but I'd like to do a 10, ten mile bike ride. That's my next challenge. <laughs> and it, mm. I absolutely love it. It's just so nice. I'd rather that than running. Some people prefer running, but I'm i i am not fussed on running. But I love being out on the bike, being, you know, obviously seeing new places, especially on a nice sunny day. It's nothing nothing nicer than going for a bike ride. So I absolutely
0: love that. Um, which country would you like to visit?
1: Uh, I'd like to go to Thailand and and Singapore.
0: You haven't, you haven't been? I haven't
1: been that. at all to the Far East. So that's next on my bucket list and the Maldives <laughs> Maldives,
0: that's that's beautiful yeah. and what is your favorite compliment that you have ever been given
1: favorite compliment oh people always say I've got a really nice smile
0: <laughs> I definitely would agree with that yeah yes, beautiful they say, oh, smile.
1: My, my smile lights up my face that's what people have said so
0: and your daughter has inherited your beautiful <laughs> smile as, as well she's
1: beautiful yeah she's uh, she's a beautiful girl
0: uh, Trace, it's, it's so lovely. So, um, so lovely to, to have you here and to, to listen to you, to get inspired. You, uh, your enthusiasm is infectious. Oh, and, thank you. uh, I have a, yeah, I have attended the event uh, today. So th- th- thank you for bringing people, uh, bringing people together. Thank you for sharing, for inspiring. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much. Is there, uh, something you would like to leave our listeners with? Absolutely,
1: I think just connect with people, look, look people in the eye, engage, show an interest in other people and just be yourself. Never judge a book by its cover because you don't know who you're talking to. So always just be yourself, don't put a front on, be kind to people and you will get back. If you're a giving person and you help others, it's amazing what you'll get back in the end. Karma, good karma.
0: <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Tracy, so much, and all the very, very best of success and luck with uh, with your beautiful visions, with, with your beautiful plans and goals. I can't wait to hear them coming. Oh, to, thank you, Marina, to... and it's
1: been an absolute pleasure, and thank you so much for inviting me on, because I know you've got some of the most amazing speakers, and I feel very humbled and grateful that you've, uh, you've, you've had me as one of your speakers.
0: That was such a pleasure, Madonna. Thank you, Tracy. Thank you. Thank you. you.